2: At Christmas, men won't be boys Playing with
3: moms like kids play with toys uh-huh. One warm December, our hearts will see
1: A world where men are free Hey, I'm gonna start crying. I love Christmas so much. Someday but now this song is gonna forever have a negative connotation because of this episode. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to your AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show crew with our sparkling... White grape juice today. Um, This is the winter finale, and we are excited to be here and dissect and analyze this episode. I'm Emile Ennis Jr. joined here with my beautiful, handsome, amazing gladiators.
4: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, gladiators. I'm Sophia Stanley.
3: And I'm Bam Erickson. Can I say something about the music really quick? Yes. Yes. I think that Aretha Franklin and Stevie Wonder should be the lifetime artists for Scandal, uh, the soundtrack, mm. because every other episode we're hearing, uh, we heard two Stevie songs today, we heard Aretha, they are just the soundtrack to
1: Scandal. Yeah.
4: That's a good
2: point. I would
1: agree with that.
4: Mm-hmm. I will be fine with
2: it. Is there a Scandal
1: soundtrack? We need a Scandal soundtrack.
4: Mm. Remember at least season one and season two on abc.com, they used to have a playlist, but they don't do that anymore. Yeah.
1: Mm, let's bring that back, mm-hmm. please. Um, so, guys, baby, it's cold outside. That's this episode. Let's start <coughs> with the new Olivia Pope. Or should we say the shell of Olivia Pope. Um, we saw in this episode that Olivia is now truly ornamental and everything that Melly predicted and said would happen with Olivia if her and Fitz got together and she entered into the White House came true. So... What we had here at the beginning, we saw living in the White House. She was on the cover of magazines, and I think we already knew that the relationship with her and Fitz had changed the dynamics because, first of all, the way he moved her into the White House, but then it was the moment at the very beginning of the episode when he points to the dress, I like that one, and it wasn't like a, I like that one. Do you, What do you think about that? It was, I like that one. Leave the room, so that's the one you're wearing. So we already had an issue there. I think over the course of the... I mean, seriously, you don't come into the room and just say, I like that one. Okay, cool. So I like this one over here, and that's what I'm wearing. Um, But you don't... You don't... Anyway, as the episode went on, within the first five minutes, you start to see the banter between Olivia and Fitz and see that the dynamics have truly changed. Like, for example, the line where she says, I know the schedule. You don't need to tell me I have a brain. Like, he's literally treating Liv as if she is just a puppet and she is to do any of his bidding. And we got to the dinner... The saddest moment. The saddest moment was when Olivia was there. She was smoozing, doing everything that Fitz wanted her to do. And it was when the woman said... The senator's wife said, <coughs> I need your help. And you saw Liv perk up because she thought, oh, oh, somebody needs me. Like an OPA type situation. And she was asking about rep- recipe for snickerdoodle cookies.
2: Mm-hmm. Really, guys? Yep. You know, the thing is... In the beginning... It seemed like when they were doing the back and forth and picking out the dress and, 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 you know, they were preparing to go about their day and do whatever and they were having a conversation. A part of me was like, okay, yes, it was creepy last week when Fitz moved her in, but it almost seemed like he thought that she would enjoy doing these things because he was talking to her as if he had no clue that yeah. anybody would want to do this, not even Olivia, that Anybody would enjoy doing these things. I don't I mean and, and it seems like it will be, you know, an experience you being in the White House and you seeing the China and picking out the flowers. But after a while I don't think that anybody would be like, I'm living to pick out the flowers. I just can't see. Ooh,
3: it. I heard you in the Jaru voice when he said, I'm living Yeah. <laughs> oh my
2: god. Oh my god, don't do it. Gonna sing the song.
4: <laughs> One on this episode, I think similar to one other episode last season, I'm going to take the L on this one because I have to admit that this episode knocked me out, so I'm still kind of extremely processing things. So I think I'll probably have a Twitter Twitter rant for the next two months during winter break. Um, the only thing I want to say is I feel like there are some people who would like to do it. They're called Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. And they're someone who that's what their career would have been in doing. So I think it's twofold. I think not only... Was he unaware that that some people may not want to do these types of things? It's also, <clears throat> do you not know you're a girl? So I feel like on so many levels, and I think that the the importance of the closet scene was again. Normally, we only see Olivia wearing a dress in isolated inc- incidents. Instances, I can't say that word. Um, the entire opening scene that's all we saw her in is. Dress after dress after dress. And even the way that she was looking at her closet, it's very different than the closet we normally are used to seeing, which is that of a extremely successful business woman, not a trophy and or a Stepford wife. Number two, I think anytime a man kind of orders you what to wear... Is a little bit disheartening, but specifically when you're someone like Olivia Pope, who is used to not only being in control, but she's a fashion diva. Mm -hmm. So she definitely doesn't need the president to give her advice in terms of what it is that she's supposed to wear. I think that he was making her less than ornamental because he was even forgetting that, like, dude, I know your schedule better than you do. So you actually don't need to tell me what I need to do to smooth. I actually tell you. Mm-hmm. So I felt that that entire opening um, um, back and forth with them was proof of what we saw at the end, wherein he was, in fact, punishing her. Because he was deliberately treating her exactly opposite than he has treated Olivia in the past. He so quickly slipped into the role of not only telling her what to do, but assuming that she wasn't able to process information. So even when he said, and I can't remember the scene when he goes, oh, are you listening to me? And she's like, I heard every word you said. Again, I'm a crisis manager. I'm the Olivia Pope. I could literally listen to 10 different conversations and then transcribe all of them in Farsi.
3: Well, uh, for me... um Olivia Pope well what did you think you're gonna what did you think was gonna happen you think you were gonna just walk into the White House and all of a sudden become Hillary Clinton you knew if she didn't want to uh, accept him moving her into the White House she should have stopped and she should have, she should have put her foot down right there and be like, no, what you doing? Take my stuff. Take it back over to, to Olivia Pope Lane. I'm not moving in. And she should have put her foot down. Then when you were uh, mentioning the whole thing about, um, um, when she, when he asked, um, are you listening to me? She, uh, she was the position that she was in. She looked like she was not paying attention. So I'm going to defend Fitz on this one. And then second of all, um, um, gosh, I just I lost my other point. But if she didn't want to do it, I'm gonna she d- should have she should have put her foot down a long time ago. I'm, but oh, I know what I was going to okay. say and then I'll let you, I let um, knew that
4: would make him remember. Then
3: thank you. <laughs> then <laughs> that's how we were. When they were having when they were having conversation, Fitz said, "I know this is some I'm paraphrasing. I know this is something that you don't like, but you know, we're just we're doing this for the sake of blah 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 blah." So
4: she knew this. No, but again, when, she, when he says we're doing it for our ratings, it's not our ratings, it's your ratings. I don't benefit from this. Them liking me in an ornamental capacity is the exact opposite of what I have built my entire life trying to achieve. Well-behaved women do not make history. She is being a well-behaved woman who will be forgotten. Other than Hillary Clinton, um, uh, uh, Jackie Onassis, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, name me the other first ladies, and Michelle Obama.
3: For, for which reason? In general. Oh. You don't
4: know who the hell they are because it's irrelevant to our dialogue as Americans. Betty
3: Ford, N- 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 oh, okay. Betty Ford right. and Nancy Reagan. You're supposed
4: yeah, to no, help no. me out. I would. no, we're the
2: Democrats. We're the Democrats. i saying. Oh, my
4: goodness. Right. No, so I think that when he's saying that, again, it is purely for him. He wants to rebuild his popularity. She's never built a career on being, quote-unquote, likable as that type of an ornamental woman. She actually has built her career... Actually Actually being um, an irritant, being a problem, but being the actual fixer of a problem when it does, in fact, arise. That's the first part. Something that you said when you said that when he moved her in, she should have put her foot down. I think that even though I understand what you're saying logically, that doesn't make sense emotionally. We have to remember she thought that by the truth of the reveal that she had, in fact, let her father out and or that he, she facilitated his escape. She thought she was going to lose fits. She thought she was going to lose him, let alone that she thought she possibly was going to jail. So the fact that not only was she freed and charges were dropped and then all of a sudden he moved her in, she's still processing the situation because she's like, oh crap, I didn't lose my boyfriend. I didn't lose at that moment what she thought was the love of her life. She couldn't have. So she, I think... Was like, okay, I'm going to try to make this work. Like, yes, I know that I did facilitate the escape of my father because I didn't want to marry Fitz for a, a, a myriad of reasons. But I'm at least going to try and attempt to do it because maybe there is some new normal that I am unaware of. So I actually commend her for Trying. I'm um, listen, Olivia,
3: this whole back and forth thing, you, 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 you were put into the White House. If you didn't like it, leave. And that's okay. what she did. Yeah. She, and, she,
2: and, and I, and backing it up, I think the look on Olivia's face when he moved her in says that she knew right then it wasn't going to work out. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the side with, with Bam. Yes. She knew she just got her boyfriend back, but you can tell by the look on her that she was like, Oh, this is going to be some bull. Like she knew <laughs> it. She knew it at the top. It was going to be some bull. Yes, she wanted to see where it went, but it ain't going nowhere.
4: And then also... with, with See, the, and can I say something? What's up? I actually think it went beyond somewhere. This is... And I know that, that you guys probably aren't olitzers, and the reason that I have to say that I think I'm going to take the L. There was... Even though there was an agitation, there was a cleanness, and I'm sorry for jumping forward, but there was an eerie symmetry to the Rose Garden scene that for me, as an olitzer, broke my heart. This wasn't a back and forth. This was similar to when Cyrus had his actual naked scene. This was them truly exposing the whole totality of who they are as individuals. But more importantly, as Fitz and Olivia standing in the bright, melting light of the sun. I, mean, I think I think it's the first time they've actually been this honest with each other not agree. within the midst of romance, not within the midst of love, not within the midst of one minute, but in the midst of life, and this isn't a back and forth, this was a definitive this was a definitive and I can't even, and obviously can you see, I can't even say what the definitive is
1: My fellow Democrat, I have to side with um, my olitzer over here
0: uh, but. It's fine for this episode it was a good point it was was a a a good good point point. and
1: I wanted to wait but I was gonna ask you guys if you want to jump for it I think I just want to jump for it and just dissect this whole thing because in this episode we got with something that I was not prepared for um first I would like to say um do not tweet me spoilers and that's that's not I'm not saying it rude or anything but just we watched it on the west coast so I was there was a spoiler somebody tweeted don't tweet me spoilers because that ruins if I know something's coming so that's just a I'm being just don't tweet me spoilers on another note, though, back to the show. Um, what we got here when we started to see the evolution of this this relationship in the White House, it goes back to what many of us many of us have said at least once on this after show, where and they said it on the show, they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. They don't know each other. Like, I know you guys here. I know you guys outside of here. I don't know any of you guys in your personal lives, like, in your apartment. What we do in our apartment is different than what we do in public. Meaning, Mm -hmm. we have a certain relationship. Our dynamic is different than what it would be if we entered each other's quarters. If we enter into a different type of relationship with Mm -hmm. each other. So, yes, it's... it's, (laughs) What Fitz said when he says, you love me and you liked me when I was unavailable that's completely different than the the fits that she has now because right now and when they said, when he said um, or she said, we we didn't have time mm-hmm. the time is we didn't have time to get to know each other without the press, without the media, without everybody in front of us attacking us, trying to get into our relationship and know, and this is everything Olivia said would happen, so I think it was for me heartbreaking because there was a moment this season where I, I thought I was gonna finally get my moment and then as time went on we did get what I wanted, and then it was taken away, and then I realized everything I wanted. This is the this is the <clears throat> roller coaster. But this 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 it's frustrating because everything I thought I wanted for five seasons, I'm like, did I ever really like? Shonda has messed with yeah, my same. brain, I, and I can't take it.
3: You know, I feel. I feel like I'm Cornelia for a second. Oh!
1: <laughs> no, I can't. Let's, let's switch
3: chairs. Um, as if you didn't know this shit before?
4: No, but What? That no, no. that
2: that it wasn't going to work based on the things that we've seen or heard Olivia say in the past, saying that we need more time, we're not ready, that all of this stuff, yes, the show set us up to think that they but were wait. moving forward, but at, did you think that with all of the obstacles that they were actually going to work right but now? But you guys,
1: I think, I think what they're, Sophia, and back me up if you think I'm right, I think what they're forgetting is they're in love like yeah. I think you guys are just looking at the. Tina facts. Turner
2: said what's love got to
1: do with it though but it's everything in the situation yeah. it's everything so you can love
2: somebody but you can't sometimes you can't be with that person so again knowing that they loved each other but knowing that Olivia has set all of these obstacles and she said when, when a woman says something when somebody says we can't, it can't work because these things these things are in the way, even if it can't work because she said it's not going to work because these things are in the way, she Can might make it not work yeah. because these things are in the way. Mm-hmm. So did y'all think that okay. it was really going to okay. work? Okay, and right yeah, and I'm
4: going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. And I think this is the difference is is that to me and I know I've said this before, I strongly believe that in relationships, when I say relationships, I really mean um intimate relationships. And I actually don't just mean like sexual intimate relationships, but I think I mean like people that you consider part of your tribe. I think that they need to phys- they need to stimulate you physically, spiritually and mentally. So yes, if you're not like in things physically is not part of it. I think that what you guys are talking about is the mental stimulation. And I think that what Emil and I are talking about is the spiritual stimulation. To me, there is no doubt that spiritually they are soulmates. That their souls are connected. That they, they they orbit within the same solar system. That if one dies, the other will die. If one ceased to, to, to go around the sun, the other would, would cease to go out with, around the sun. Which to me is very different than mental. So I think the difference is what happened is we had a mental shift. Because what we were having before, and this is what is tricky, is we actually had Olivia being a whole human being. right? And Olivia was interacting with what she thought was Fitz as a whole human being. Or she was getting the best best of Fitz. What happened when she moved into the White House is she stopped being herself. And or she started being half of herself. And that is why Abby said, you're good at this. And she said, I know. And that's when she realized she was dying because she's actually good at this. So she became half of herself and Fitz became the whole of himself. That literally shifted the orbit. The actual planet shifted on its axis. Does that kind of make sense? I know I'm going it very makes metaphysical. Sense, but it do, to me,
2: it doesn't answer.
4: It does answer it, the question. Did you
2: think it was going to work right now?
4: Yes, because honestly, and maybe I'm the romantic. That sometimes I do believe that the soul is powerful enough to overwrite uh, overwrite logic. In the same way that that's the whole <laughs> concept of dreamers. Like the whole concept, and I need to go there to go there. The whole concept of this town is not built on logic. It's built on magic. It's built on the fact that I believe that I have a dream in me that is so powerful that regardless of what someone tells me that I don't have the face for TV or I don't have this or I don't have that, that I feel that I have a voice with which someone wants to hear.
3: Right? Oh, sorry.
4: Which is very different than logic. And arguably, you can say Oprah. You can say Viola Davis. You can say um, Julia Roberts. They told her like she didn't have the look. All of those people, they went off of a pure spiritual belief, not off of logic. I think that, to me, the thing that keeps this show an evolution, a revolution of movement, the reason that we're still doing this afterbus <laughs> show, even after the bullshit that was season four, is because we believe in the magic. We don't believe in the logic that yes, if the way you start is the way that you end. We believe that these people are soulmates. We believe that the end goal was that they would be together. You want to know why? Because we all believe in it for ourselves. We all believe that regardless of anything. I'm about to
0: cry. I
4: don't know. (laughs) But regardless of anything, like what you feel in your heart can be. It doesn't matter logic or anything else. There's too much wine, I don't know what's wrong with yeah, me. I'm probably me hormonal. I'll give it this. But like, that's what I believe and in. That's too. why I watch this show. Oh my God. Oh, I, I, know what, know what, I, I had go. a rebuttal, oh but I'm oh not gonna it. No. I can't. I can't.
3: I'll say this. I'll say this.
0: Come on, oh I, my God.
3: Cornelia, to answer your question, mm-hmm. I actually did believe that <sighs> there would be a happy ending. Right now. Even e- b- before before the before the <laughs> How fallout, did
2: you take the wine
3: bag? Oh, my b- the, uh, before, oh my god! Before yeah, before the fallout, I actually believed that everything was going to be okay. Why? Because when you are in their situation, you think everything is going to be great. But when you're looking outside the uh, looking outside the relationship, judging as I'm doing, then of course, obviously, I'm going to judge. But uh, but originally, before the shit hit the fan, I was like, oh, everything's going to be perfect, blah, blah blah. Because you tend to forget about other things. Things when you're wrapped up in love, no,
2: I agree with that. If Olivia would not have said what the problem was going to be going in, mm-hmm. she said what it was going to be. So I, she, no, and I, and I, no, I'm just saying. So for me, when you know when you set something up for <laughs> failure, yes, you can have faith, and yes, you can be a dreamer, but faith without works is dead. But it's it's little, but too, she tried She tried it, but yeah. she said before she even tried it what was going to happen. So it's like when you speak, it's like don't speak negativity over my life. Yeah. She spoke it over her relationship.
3: Very true. But also, let me just. She
2: said it.
3: She okay. does. But also, at the same time, how many of us have been in. Relationships, friendships, where you knew from the very beginning that that shit was not gonna last, but you wanted to write it out just because. But, As, you,
2: but you knew it wasn't right. gonna, but you knew.
3: So that's. So, it wasn't gonna work. But. All I'm saying is that although she may not have known this, she loved him enough to give it a try, despite the, despite what the personal outcome could be. That's all I'm saying. Oh, um, I'm I, and to and I'm point. and I'm gonna leave it at this. I remember, y'all remember when Janet Jackson and James Jabar's uh, when they were married?
2: El James.
3: Mm-hmm. They said they fell in love <laughs> at the. <laughs> they said they fell in love oh at the wrong time and I believe that with Fitz and, and Liv they are in love but unfortunately in order to make this work they simply fell in love at the wrong that's time that's right, right now but you know by the, by the finale you know we gonna be eating our words
1: maybe that got way too real too emotional for well, me
2: well, go ahead because <laughs> I have another point outside of Fitz and Liv mm-hmm. what's your point Every time something goes wrong in a relationship, Fitz always brings up Melly. So to me, that's not only did not taking aside that Olivia said what was what wasn't going to work. He's still wearing his wedding ring. Every time he's still wearing that band, and every time she does something that he doesn't like, something happens. He always says, "You're just I didn't think you're going to be like Melly, or you wouldn't do that because you're not like Melly, or Melly would do something well, like this." Gonna- so it's Melly, 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 Melly. So again. Maybe he isn't ready to let go in regards to that life that he used to have. Because what what Melly got to do with me? I don't care what I do. If I'm with you now, you're not going to bring your ex-wife up every time something happens. Now, that is a problem.
1: Well, that right there is telling him that 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 right there. Cornelia just spoke the truth because that right there says that one, he, he isn't ready. And the reason why is if you this is more they're they're both not ready because one, everything that we saw shows that yes, Olivia predicted what would happen, but did she really fight for it? No. Because think about it. The first thing she did when things got hard, she went to the moonshine, which means that Melly, whether she knows it or not, infiltrated her mind and planted that seed that said, This is not going to work. This is what's going to happen, right? So Melly already infiltrated. The fact that Fitz keeps mentioning Melly every time shows one He's not ready for Olivia because he is putting Olivia in Melly's place and you cannot sub somebody in and expect to have the same type of relationship. So by him putting Melly in that or putting Liv in that same spot that Melly was and not seeing, okay, I am now with the woman who owns who she is. She is a big dog. She is not ornamental. She is the love of my life and I cannot treat her differently. That is on Fitz. I blame Fitz for that. And they both have their own equal issues they need to work out.
3: I don't... (laughs) I don't blame Fitz. Don't
1: take it away.
3: I don't blame Fitz. I know, right? Like I don't blame Fitz. You don't blame Fitz? No, but Eddie, if
4: you can hear me, and you can actually bring me more, I would love you. Oh my god! God, I can't. Well,
3: you don't blame Fitz. I don't blame Fitz, because when you talk about their talks about how they do Vermont and the Red Jam and all this, it appears that Olivia, although despite the power and what she is, she wants to have the life of I don't want to say a housewife, but um, just someone who's not doing what she's doing.
2: I think they play equal parts.
3: And so, therefore, I say, what's up? He said the wine is coming.
0: Sorry. Uh, oh, God. Praise God. God. I, I was like, what's going no, on? No, literally, yeah.
4: thank you. We have the yeah, yeah. best. Oh, no, okay. but really, can we, we really that? We No, we, we, need, to do, we need to do a commercial break for various reasons, and really, like, I know that Thanksgiving is coming up. So I am I'm grateful, so and I'm thankful for so many people, including everyone on the Fab floor and everyone here at After Buzz. I am obviously hormonal, and thank you, Eddie, our engineer, for listening to my call for wine. But Listen. really, seriously, you guys, if you are on iTunes, make sure that you stop what you were doing, that you rate, you comment, and you subscribe. So what do you do? You go directly to iTunes. You rate, comment, and subscribe. And always rate five stars. And really, we read your comments. We literally, it helps us think about what we're going to talk about and where the season or the episode (laughs) is going to go. Um, And if you are watching us live on YouTube, make sure to stop and press the thumbs up button saying that you like our show. But don't leave a comment. If you're watching live, wait until it is over and leave a comment because then we can actually read them. So, again, you go to iTunes, you rate, comment, and subscribe. We read every single comment. Tell a friend. And if you are on YouTube, make sure to press Thumbs up.
1: And if you just need an extra shot of conversation, this just wasn't enough, and you want to see us get real, go and listen to Happy Hour on iTunes. I swear to God, guys, our Happy Hour podcast is the shit. We (laughs) talked about Ronda Rousey. We talked about Mm. Charlie Sheen. We Mm. talked about um, Paris attacks. And then we end it with,
0: come on, Patty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Patty Y'all know what I'm, t- if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to listen to our podcast on Happy Hour. Um, and then also, we have Black Hollywood Live here at AfterBuzz, which is a sister network. Black Hollywood Live, they talk about politics, love, fashion, all different types of, uh, all different types of shows for your different interests. So if you're interested in that, it's blackhollywoodlive.com. Mm-hmm. So make sure you check that out. It's our sister network. So support, support, support. We're gonna come <laughs> back to Olivia and Fitz. Because we can talk about that all day, but I want to not forget the rest of the episode because we're trying to keep it tight today. Clearly, we... (laughs) Thank you.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Marissa. Like, on the real.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Emotional episode for us. Um, Let's talk about Melly. We talked about the new Olivia. Let's talk about Melly. Melly came here and she slayed this episode. This is the Melly we have been waiting for. Like, Melly came in and she fought for what she believed yes. in. She 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 owned up. She because at the beginning of the episode when she went into the office, Melly was, was kind of stuttering, kind of weak. Mm-hmm. She was stuttering. She was timid. And then we got the Melly that we have all wanted to see—the Melly that is confident, the Melly that is intellectual, that's mm-hmm. bold, that's willing to fight for what she believes in. Mm-hmm. When that Melly shows up, and I'm gonna have to bring Fitz into this, and you guys know why? Mm-hmm. Because when Fitz was talking to Olivia, he kept saying she's doing this to taint me, she's doing this uh, to to get back at me. It has nothing to do with you, <clears throat> Fitz.
2: Well, he thinks everything is about him.
4: God. All roads lead lead to fits with season three. We on season five.
3: Uh, Seriously. Uh what it almost seems as if
0: no burger, <laughs>
3: Y'all, we got to get... <laughs> <Was that> somebody <laughs> stomach growling? No, I'm starving right now. I want some hot wings Oh, real. my God. Why am
4: I <laughs> going to jump in front of him and I think I know what he's going to say? Oh he's my basically that Olivia and Melly basically have switch roles. Yeah. Is that what you're about to yeah, say? Yeah, I
3: was going to say that. In addition to that, it's like Fitz... Fitz is acting like the bitter... Uh, the bitter ex. Ooh. Where he's not wanting... Bitter Bob? The, yeah, the bitter Bob. He does not want Melly to... Um, he doesn't want her to to succeed, and he does not want uh, his new girlfriend, because I can't call her fiance. He wants his. He doesn't even want his new first lady to be even involved with the situation because Melly said, "You need to bring Olivia on board," and he was like, "No." Abby. So- Abby. Oh, Abby yeah, Abby did. is tired, yeah. yeah. He wanted Abby to, uh, Abby wanted uh, uh, Liv to come on board, and he was like, no. So he was being a bitter Bob in his feelings, not wanting his, du- they're not even divorced yet, right?
4: No, they are. She's on the papers, okay. remember? It's so official. That's why they're doing he, this whole PR so, campaign. So
3: he doesn't even want his ex wife to succeed? Like, that is on some real low scumbag It makes sh- sense, though. Shit. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, but at the same time, would it kill you to support her? Yeah, or
4: or or this is going to be the thing. There's a difference between um, deliberately wanting someone to fail, supporting, and then not supporting. Not supporting her is fine, but wanting her to fail is different. Mm -hmm. To get him to say, "I'd rather him be passive," but for him to actually kind of say, "Like I can't believe she's doing this. She's doing this." You know what I mean? To get back to me, that means that you want her to fail. That I'm not okay with. Um, I actually need to go back to Melly and the reason being is, is I mean, obviously, if you watch any of our shows, I think you know that I'm really, like, a nerd and I pretend to be cool. So, my undergrad degree originally was politics, and basically, that's why I went to school in D.C. for politics. So, for me, every aspect of the scenes with Melly, like, I was screaming at the TV. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna do a filibuster! Like, I was so geeked and so excited, because I think that what... Shonda Land is doing and what Shonda Land has always done and I think this is the reason why this show is so relevant being set in the nation's capital and the reason why there's an underlying theme of the republic there's an underlying theme of who wears the white hat who really protects the people is she is subtly in the guise of entertainment showing us not only how our, our, our political system works But in essence, how it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So initially you think, oh my goodness, I can't believe that Mellie is actually creating a stink over a discretionary fund regarding Planned Parenthood. Then when she steps up, knowing from our perspective that she's going to lose, because that's what we thought. We thought there's no actual way that she can win. She's really just trying to create a problem because that's who Mellie is. However... As Melly started to re- read each line item of the bill, okay. and we started to see what was not discretionary. I don't know if I wrote some of it down. It was, um, uh, um.
1: There's yeah, something about a watermelon, fun. watermelon fund. Watermelon yeah, fund for, for the, the Watermelon one, Patch watermelon queen. queen,
4: from um, urinal cakes, <laughs> for, um, um, attire for the senators, and, and. When you really started to think about it, you literally were like, oh. oh.
1: The Department of Justice's le- LinkedIn profiles, right. the premium. yeah,
4: Premium LinkedIn profiles. When you think about it, you're, you're like, okay, so here we have all these senators giving money to what? Themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to give money to women who actually need it for health care? I think at that moment, everything that we've been saying for Mellie, step up and actually have a platform that is more similar to Hillary Clinton and or Michelle Obama. In that moment, not only did it happen, but it reminded us that, unfortunately, the political system as it stands is an old boy network. Mm -hmm. It's an old boy network where, of course, they can basically be like, oh, we're going to make Planned Parenthood discretionary because it doesn't affect them. And what she did is she said that I, hear me, I am woman, hear me roar, I'm going to stand up here for 16 hours in order to make sure that other women, not myself, because I am rich but I'm going to fight for other women, that is a Mellie that we can get behind. That is a Mellie that we can support. That is a Mellie that makes the sacrifice that she has made, having kids for Fitz, being married to Fitz, bringing Olivia into her bedroom, all of that finally made sense. But at the same time, it reminded us that the actual genesis or the foundation of this show is a trinity. It has never been a duality. Mm -hmm. It has always been Fitz, Mellie, and Olivia.
3: What about the what about the several women that was in there that was disregarding Melly, uh Catty, you know, gossiping and cattying with each other rather than standing forth with Melly. I
4: totally disagree with you. I don't think they were catting and gossiping with one another. I think that what we don't realize is... They were is, laughing at her. No, and but that, that's not gossiping and catting. And the only reason I say that is mm-hmm. something about the use of those words seemed demeaning. And it seems demeaning because they are women. Uh, okay. Meaning you would not have said that if it was men. Okay. Right? What they were doing is they were dismissing her. They did not think that she could win. So therefore they were thinking, you are just wasting our time because we want to go for Christmas. That's number one. Number two, I think the problem is is that when you have oh sorry, I don't mean to get, get political. But when you have individuals that aren't either personally connected to their constituents and or do not believe that that like what affects you affects me then you need to be scared as a constituency of who's running your country or who is your senator and who is your congressman. That's what was happening. They weren't concerned about running the country. They weren't concerned about a bill. All they were concerned about was going home for Christmas. Despite the fact that I could have my numbers wrong, but most congressmen and senators, they work maybe 120 out of 365 years. 120 days out of 365. How many days do you work?
2: Um, How many minutes?
4: days do you work? How many days do you guys work? No. You probably get, what, vacation, two weeks off? Don't get me started. No, but that's the, that's the problem. Mm. The problem is it's, it's all of these things. And so I think that's what Shonda was trying to show us, is that this republic that we keep talking about, this is the republic. This is who's making decisions. So that's why people like now Melly, why it's important. And in a weird way, that's why she's telling us that Fitz and Olivia can never be normal. Because if fits in Olivia are normal, then we no longer have someone like the Olivia Pope protecting us, the Republic, from those people in there that are willing to take away services from women who possibly can't afford pregnancy
1: care. Mm-hmm.
4: Who can't afford um, breast examinations. Like I think it's like sometimes I like it's it's a show, but it's not a show.
1: No, it felt so like I think it was literally was, ripped yeah. from the headlines and I think that's why it really hit home. Because it, it felt authentic. <clears throat> it felt so real. And I always say, if you want to make change in this world, don't go looking for a problem. Find something you're passionate yep. about and pursue that. Yeah. Um, and oh, I was going
3: to say, well, what do you guys think about the fact that Olivia then went to help Melly?
1: I thought it was great. Me no, too. It was great. That, that, that was natural to Olivia's character yeah. for her to find an outlet. And as you can see, because Fitz is treating Olivia the same way he treated Melly, she did something... One because she was passionate about what Melly was saying because Mm -hmm. it was so disrespectful. He was looking at the screen and saying there's no way that Melly actually cares or believes what she is saying. That was disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But as a woman, Olivia, woman to woman seeing her, and even me not being a woman, I can see that Melly was passionate about what she was saying. Mm -hmm. Um for, for Olivia to do that, that's natural to her character. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, it was perfect. I think everything was great. And that scene in the bathroom where she said, "Um, um, I have something to do. And she said, oh, you're going to the dinner? Yeah, that's a bore. Like everything, everything with that whole scene was perfect. And what did she
4: say? Did she say, okay, she said you're the biggest bitch I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I heard you're the baddest bitch I know. I know she said biggest, oh, but in like that moment, big, yeah, yeah. that's what she was saying. Because the roles had so clearly reversed yeah. that Olivia was like, yo, girl, like I, I rep you. Like She's like, you're my girl. And she, and she, that's why she had to make sure that was her cheerleading for Melly. Mm-hmm. She didn't that's have to come weird. into the bathroom and tell Melly that that was her. That was her way of saying, "Like Melly, I'm happy that you got out. Let's because let's now about, I understand. I us talk, talk about, about somebody, somebody a snicker you bar. I ahead.
1: can't. I cannot. Let's I'm talk about real. somebody who needs a cheerleader, Susan. Mm. Susan needs a cheerleader because okay. she's falling hard for David. David um, gave Liv. L- Lizzie. Oh, God. See how we do it. so confusing. And I wrote Liv there. David gave Lizzie Bear a bracelet or tried to give her a bracelet, which he flipped, she flat out rejected. And she didn't have <clears> any type of gift <throat> for him. Later on in the episode, Susan has this delicious bottle for David and he's like oh this is so nice I can't believe and he gives the gift that he was trying to give to Lizzie Bear to Susan and Susan obviously for that type of bracelet you're gonna get mixed signals and we've seen over the past couple episodes Susan has clearly fallen for David in a way that is not reciprocated
3: or maybe he realizes okay well Lizzie is not the one. Maybe, yeah, I, no. maybe, I, should, maybe <laughs> no. I should start liking Susan. No, no
4: he was wah, wah. being dingy,
2: and he was being that dude who was, who was unaware of what's going on around him because, one, he didn't even know that him and Lizzie were just banging. <laughs> you don't know you just banging? You don't know you problem. can't get a, a gift. You don't get a gift for the girl you just tapping? But like you, why I, are you getting her a gift?
3: I disagree with that because. They said they like each other.
4: When? Was a, what? What? No, when did they say When did that? they said never that. said that. I was the only one no, that no, 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 said
3: that. No, 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 The whole, say you like me, say you like me. That was a foreplay. That was a foreplay. Yeah, but then, yeah.
4: again,
2: you don't know <laughs> who you dealing with. You don't know you, who you're having sex with. Even if they haven't went out to eat, they haven't went on a date. You don't. Maybe I'm from a different school, but I'm not buying nobody a gift if we ain't even been outside.
1: No, we from the same school. Well, you. I'm not
2: getting in your Jack.
3: You a female, but as a as a guy, I thought. Dude's Dude's gonna don't be group doing me that in this. I think that Don't was, group me in this. No, 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 no. As a gentleman, I think that was a, a that was a nice gesture to to him to Bam, give for a gift. you begin your
2: booty calls with gifts. <laughs> Do you?
3: It's, not, it's Christmas more,
2: coming around the corner. Do you begin? What you it's buying? It's more
3: to me. That's it's more than a booty call. What? What are they okay, you're the bang, They did in the, in the closet. Okay, but again, but wait, but wait, but wait, hold on. But again, look at the world that they live in. How 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 many how how often do they he have brought the multiple did, times? Did, they banged did, in the did, shower did you
4: know last episode. Yes, I'm pouring more wine. Yes, last episode. <laughs> Didn't you say that like she was just manipulating him? That was I, I know I said that for a yeah. fact, and I think Bam co It's Probably not.
3: That. But I changed my mind every week. Okay. No, I just no. I think it was a nice gesture. <laughs> if she didn't want to take it, that's fine. But I think that was, a, I, I think that was a nice no, gesture. No, because the problem
1: is, if you take that gift, it's going to signify to him that we are now more, and they I, are you're not. They're not
2: more.
4: They met Emil, and
2: if he were aware, he would have known that going in. And if he were aware, then you gave Susan a bracelet. Now, one, if you give a woman a gift of that. Type of magnitude, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's gonna automatically think that something is really going on because you just don't get your homegirl a bracelet that you just met like a month ago. Y'all just started talking mm-hmm. and y'all just sipping wine coolers in the office. You ain't buying bracelets for that mm-hmm. type of person, that that type of friend. So David is just out here skipping along and being so unaware. <sighs> well, Abby was probably his second girlfriend he ever had in life. Right. David's a
1: late bloomer. You know that? He, remember that? He's a late home. bloomer. No, right, now but no, something. but
4: also, but he was. Um, what's her name? The from girls. Remember Didn't he Lena? Wasn't, wasn't he the, the tickler? The uh oh. yeah. uh-huh. so maybe he's confused. That. Maybe that's his type of thing. No, but on, on some real we'll talk offline, like but I mean on Twitter. I think he has a warp perspective of what relationships mm, are. I
3: agree, and does. I think in his character, the tickler? I, think, was I, I think it's tickler? appropriate for someone of his square magnitude to do something of that uh, do something like that.
2: Well, based on this conversation, I'm gonna be expecting Bam to be giving <laughs> now bracelets to all the booty cows.
4: So then, I, what do we get? I can't get then? with the side
2: eye. <laughs> ain't getting us nothing. I know,
4: right? Because <laughs> we ain't the booty call. But then we should get something better.
1: That's true, y'all. I can Okay, <laughs> let's go to OPA. Like a hoverboard. Oh, we still trying to get that hoverboard, though. Mm -hmm. So if you want the address to send it to us. (laughs) Um, OPA. um, We have Quinn, who's still Mm -hmm. on the hunt for Huck. Mm -hmm. We have Marcus, who I absolutely... You know what? Let me tell y'all why I love Marcus. Because Marcus brings in some poinsettias. He's trying to decorate. He's in the holiday spirit. That's my dude now. That's my dude. That's my dude. I agree, but I'm Quinn. (laughs) <laughs> I totally agree with you but I'm Quinn I'm just keeping it real Quinn came in there with the bottle trying to turn up with one person down. one person and alone
2: yeah girl, that's, that's to, me put some music on <laughs>
1: that's okay
2: <laughs> you can't even put no music on
1: so so, Quinn Quinn comes to the office she's trying to turn down with Marcus and Marcus pretty much is saying we need to get some spirit in here what did you guys do last year do you have a holiday party which party is like a holiday party for four people <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you know what but
1: you do you still right. at
2: a, at a, at a pop up yeah. at a mom and pop establishment business you go to dinner true yeah. you do you invite have, clients yeah you invite no, clients you think oh, about you it do they do invite something. clients
4: yeah. they should have oh. a nice restaurant in DC mm-hmm. you invite clients she smooths hello especially like your boss is dating the president?
1: They couldn't bring, could bring none of their clients there. There would be scandals happening in the closet. We <laughs> we
4: <could've laughs> well that's what holiday parties are there.
2: I, I
1: can't. Not at all. No,
4: I really, I do, I do I like, I do like
1: their, their, their banter. Huck. I
2: like Marcus's. Well. Let's
1: talk about Huck. Oh, Huck is with Rowan, aka Papa Pope, and Huck. Oh my God, he read Papa Pope for filth. In the this lifetime episode. read. He gave him the read of a lifetime. Oh my God, somebody else. Find no, a that's like anybody.
4: 2020 Dateline. No, you know what? That's like an Oprah exclusive.
1: Like when I'm trying. If anybody finds it before me, what, okay. I need because I need to find what oh, Huck said right to now. him. I wrote down some of this stuff. Oh. No, that's not it. The
4: first thing he said is, he goes, you are nobody's father. Mm -hmm. I am not your son. And then...
1: Oh, I have it. Okay. So, Rowan was trying to get to Huck because Rowan is trying to, he was trying to get Huck to go back to the beast that he is. Rowan asked about Javi. Oh. We all know Javi is Rowan, or is Huck's son. He was asking about the family. He was saying, you know, your, uh, your ex wife, she had all types of people in and out of there. <laughs> I monitor her. Javi is better off without you having a father that's half. He went in. So then, he tells, um, he tells, uh, Huck tells Rowan, he flips the script and says, "Did you see the things they said about Olivia, your child?" Then he proceeds to say, "She's not yours anymore. She's his. Do you think she loves him, or she's doing this despite you? You failed."
4: Does she hate you? Does she love him, or does she hate you that much?
1: I wasn't expecting that from Huck, but it was so good to see Rowan shook for once in Scandal yeah, history. Yeah,
2: he was like tearing up. He was he was really broken after that.
4: And and can I say something? I literally, and we all know that I watch and we all watch the show very interactively, I was literally shaking back and forth. Like, you know when you rock? Like, mm-hmm. you're a little bit
0: cuckoo, mm-hmm.
4: cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> no, really. I was, like, scared. Like, I was like, I don't... Like, I was like, I've never... Because I think this is the thing is, and we say this at least <clears throat> 20 gazillion times each season, Guillermo is amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm a Emmy, man. Guillermo
4: is is fucking amazing. I had to curse. Mm -hmm. He hits the pocket in a way that it's like it's scary. And then he's telling the truth. And then he hits you. And then he comes for you. And then he pulls back. He's brilliant. Yeah. So every time it's almost like I feel like I am actually the victim. So in that scene, I felt like I was Papa Pope. So that fear, that desperation. And when he said, so which of the white boys is she opening her legs to? We have talked about the fact that, or I have talked about the fact that, Rowan has been a a narrator, a moral compass. (laughs) He says things that other people don't want to hear. And what happened this episode is regardless of the fact that Huck said that he is not, in fact, Rowan's son, he proved that he is. Mm-hmm. Because he now became the moral compass. He now became the narrator and he basically told him the truth of the reality that is now. And that shit was scary.
1: No, it was good. I'm just, I am need some clarification. I'm gonna overlap with the last <laughs> couple of topics because uh, Jake and the pretend boyfriend... Played by Brian White. What's his name? I don't um, remember. I don't know, but listen. Uh, Mister,
4: is-
2: we had so much
4: hope and we were let down. No, no but really. Me and Camelia were like, right, we're like, yo, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He has on a suit. He's at a nice mm-hmm. restaurant. I was presuming he had a good job. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. He's B613. Wait, Camelia. Yeah, co-sign it. hmm Because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but seriously. Like, no, but on some real BS. I love Tony Goldwyn. Not on some real BS. Like, I love Fitz. I may hate Jake, but Scott Foley is cute. Mm -hmm. But they ain't Brian White. Mm -hmm. Like, no, let's keep it 100. Let's keep it all the way 100. They are not (laughs) Brian White. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, therefore, we wanted a storyline that did not end in the fact that he was a spy.
3: Um, I, just on, well, speaking of Tony <laughs> Goldwyn, did you notice how, did you notice how he'd been working out? He knew yes. he, he knew he was doing a shirtless scene he'd been working mm-hmm. out. like he don't uh, like, need it. He's no, just yeah, that
4: know. sexy. He he no, he don't need out. it. He, he doesn't, need, it. To he doesn't need to, work out. Out. Yeah. Bull, no. to, to work, work out on some real yeah. bull. No, You're he, he has a little S curl, that Superman curl. He doesn't need to. I totally agree. He's that sexy. love you
1: just the way you are. Amen. But my problem. You're amazing. Okay, I'll
4: keep my mouth shut on
3: this, My problem is the, the, um, The alluding to, uh, Brian Letcher, Tom, what's his name, Tom? Tom, Tom, yeah. Tom and, and Brian White. Listen, if you did, you're dead. Stop with all Wait, this. Wait, but okay, but
1: here's the thing. Remember, okay. with Brian White's character, and if somebody, somebody tweet us his name. Okay. Lord have mercy. we don't know his name. If anybody sees anybody's tweeting us, right okay. Now, if y'all still with us, because we turned it up today. <laughs> um, but Brian, Brian White. The thing is, remember, the reason why he didn't die is because Jake and Brian White had that heart to heart where they found solace in the fact that they were both Rowan's son, and they had commonalities mm-hmm. that they could identify with. So that's why he wasn't dead, which we forgot. mm Hmm. However It was a little weird <laughs> Not even weird Just He was trying to bring that back We need Ron we, we need it for Lazarus Run, And then Jake's just gonna Shoot him in the head <laughs> like, like It was like trying to bring it. him back
2: He tried to do it again It didn't work He just did <laughs> the same glory speech <laughs> the- oh, And snap. then Oh snap
3: And yeah. then he killed And then he killed um, uh, Jake's spot it, it was just Some parts of B-16 it,
1: Yeah it doesn't make sense So I'm, I'm a little confused Um I'm a little confused just with the way after and the reason why I said I was going to connect all this with Huck, Rowan, Jake, and the pretend boyfriend, which I need to know his name. But they all
2: it don't matter at this point. He's dead.
1: Well, he is dead, so he's dead. <laughs> um, but so at least do Huck, I want to go? <laughs> no, you keep talking What's no,
4: happening?
1: <laughs> with Huck, I'm trying Rowan, to go on IMDb. With Huck, oh, that's smart. With Huck, Rowan, and Jake, though, were you surprised because Huck gave that whole speech about family, and then all of a sudden Huck was dropping Rowan off? And then Jake shows up behind him. I was expecting somebody else to die the whole time. I totally was. I was
2: expecting it, and -hmm. and because I'm over the whole B613 and anything related to B613, (laughs) me too. I was wanting at least two of them to get popped. I'm over. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of. I like Rowan, and I like his character and what he brings, (laughs) but mm, the B613 thing is old. I'm over it. Sophia Sophia found his name. I
4: think
1: Sophia. What's his name? Franklin Russell.
4: Oh yeah,
2: but that doesn't well, even
1: Russell. make sense.
4: No. Boy, you just gonna call him Russell because that does. I mean, late
1: ain't sexy. That ain't sexy. Okay. That ain't sex- but I feel I like he Franklin. also had it. A- no <laughs> shade on anybody named Franklin. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> however, because <laughs> my name's Sophia. I yeah, mean. and I'm Emil. <laughs> that's French. You can make that into sort of- Emil.
4: <laughs> I guess Sophia. Emil. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is actually Arabic.
1: Canelia is <laughs> just neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. No,
2: it's Kenny and Ophelia. Kenny and Ophelia. That's real
4: neighborhood. That's real,
1: that's if you neighborhood. ever go to Canelia's comedy shows, you find out where her name came from. That is funny. Kenny and Ophelia.
4: <laughs> <laughs> then where did your name come
1: from? Um, Long story. Oh okay. How <laughs> are you going to tell us off what I want to know? Um, okay, so. Rowan so you said you were surprised that Huck dropped Rowan off and then Jake showed up and I was expecting somebody to die and I'm just a little confused you know and this is going to jump for it in the preview or in the in between between scandal and how to get away with murder they were like so OMG what did you think about that cliffhanger I'm like was that the cliffhanger
2: Jake and him walking into the house together back as a team I'm over B613 so I'm just but no you know
4: what I think it is and and I think we talked about this season 4 there's a certain marketing aspect that we've never been a fan of no, really. Like, we just like watching the show. But whenever they go, oh do not I don't need I'm no not hashtag. It. Oh, my God, there's an amazing cliffhanger. I don't need that either. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just present the show. Because to me, the show ended in the perfect way that there wasn't a cliffhanger. Yeah. So, I, I agree. There is no cliffhanger. You want to know why? Because I think that at that moment that uh, Jake killed Franklin, he realized that everything that, that Rowan had said was, in fact, the truth. Mm-hmm. Now... You know I always have to do a little Jake kate Are we really supposed to believe that Jake, who had no idea that there was this Lazarus One plan going on, could really better Franklin? No. Like, I'm kind of tired of that. Like, I'm tired of Jake being the golden son, that he never gets shot, nothing ever happens to him. I'm not feeling it. Mm. But that's what happened, is that he really realized that Papa Pope is the devil that you know versus the devil that you do not and that he's not the enemy, and more specifically, I think going back to the conversation with Huck, when Huck basically said, oh, because you wanted her to choose Jake. Because in theory, to be, not to be disgusting, but to be incestuous, that would have made sense. When Papa Pope said to Jake, I handed my prize on a silver silver platter, he never thought that she would actually choose the president, because then she would become ornamental, and that is not what he built her for. That is not what he raised her for. That
1: is not what he educated her for. And He molded Jake the way he needed to be because he thought that's what Olivia yeah. needed. Yeah.
4: So I think at that moment there was a there was a, a a common bond. I think they basically saw that their collective truth was the same, and therefore they could enter the house together. And I e that's when Papa Pope said, "Welcome home."
1: Mm we're wrapping it up here the winter finale Quinn Quinn was sitting alone on a sofa with her vodka looking lonely she was sad she looked pathetic shit is my name Quinn (laughs) Sophia
2: girl if you don't girl
4: Sophia yo but vodka really is my best friend yeah
2: but you don't, don't be telling these <laughs> listeners your, your business you don't
1: be alone like that's true you can that's facetime true. us we'll join that's you in right. the living room <laughs> <laughs> I, <pretty> call <laughs> us over if I'm not working I'll come over well maybe cause downtown I mean I live in New Orleans. Yo, downtown is the bee's knees don't worry that's how you know about the hoverboards.
4: Anyways, offline, Twitter, I Instagram.
1: <laughs> I can't. But Charlie showed up, mm-hmm. and Charlie and Quinn are, they're back together. And, you know, their relationship is very interesting because with the dynamic with their relationship, you can't tell what it is. But at least the difference between their relationship and the relationship between, or David. the lack of relationship between David and Lizzie Bear is at least <laughs> Quinn and Charlie seem to know what it is. Like, they mm-hmm. know what it is. They yeah. clearly, Yeah. L-
4: and I think that no matter who you are you still get lonely especially during the holidays
1: mm-hmm. cuffing season
4: exactly and that's what they are they're cu- they're what do no know cuddle buddies oh
1: cutty buddies. cuddy buddies yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if y'all don't know that song that's the song I remember from you can be my cuddy cuddy buddy <laughs> for show can roll with me <laughs> um no better remember from L.A. Complex way back in the day when I brought that up oh my god that's a throwback oh my god um look up cuddy buddy Trey song was singing on that <clears throat> so Melly Melly was with the kids Fitz was alone with his brown liquor and then um the way Fitz and Liv ended we're gonna quickly go back to Fitz and Liv the way Fitz and Liv ended it was it was sad because Liv as Cornelia just reminded me Liv had an abortion and that's the spoiler that I got on Twitter. Don't be tweeting me no spoilers, because yeah. that's a big spoiler, man. That was a that big spoiler. Was, that's, that's a big, big spoiler. spoiler.
4: Thank you, Emil, for not spoiling it for the rest of us. I didn't. No, really, thank you. I really appreciate that.
1: When I saw it on the actual <laughs> show, I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to wait until they figure it out. And then Sophie's like, she's got an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean, was that shocking for you guys? Because it wasn't for me, because I was spoiled. Yeah, totally. Um, and... Yeah, I was surprised. But
3: the only thing that um, that is interesting now is the fact that she didn't tell Fitz. So now you have this whole... Another lie. It, it, felt, it felt a little young and restless when Drusilla um, uh, did... <laughs> yeah, it felt a little... Not not in the sense of like like corny, but I was like, oh boy, now here we go. Just finally when they cleared the air, they have now, there. yeah. the, now there's something that's holding them back. So... It's not corny like Young and the Restless, but it just reminded me of the secret because Drusilla ha- held that secret for like twenty five
1: years. It's like Teresa and Ethan on Passion. They yeah. always had something keeping. shared Sheridan Crane, Lord have mercy.
4: I originally thought of it like you did, and I said, "Oh, sh-. I thought she was actually going to tell him because I thought she was. They were going to cl- like one hundred percent clear the air, <clears throat> um, but I needed to do a back backwards to go forward." I think that part of the reason that this show is so good is because it's so realistic. Because I was like, wait, where are they? And I, I knew they were in a hospital. Like, I could, I could feel what was going to happen, mm. even though I had no idea at the beginning of the episode that's where the show was going. However, after kind of as I'm processing as we're doing this after show, the reason she didn't tell him is because it was a it was a unitary decision the decision actually had absolutely nothing to do with him because that was symbolically what she was trying to affirm. That despite who she may or may not be sleeping with, despite anything, she has always done everything purely 100% for her. And the decision to do what she did was 100% for her. So there was no necessity in communicating or telling him about that decision because it was a decision that she made that had nothing to do with him. And I think that for me, that is actually what was sad. Because when she said, no more, and there was a moment when he said, what do you mean, like, we can't, we can't survive like anymore or and I can't remember the exact phraseology. I thought at that moment when she was in the doorway she was going to, going to tell him, but she realized it's irrelevant that unlike and this is where it gets tricky, unlike Melly and Fit who were in a loveless marriage and basically threw jabs at one another, there's actually no reason to do that. So even though what they did their dialogue may have seemed like jabs, it wasn't. it was really purely exposing the truth. And that re- revelation of what she done would have been a jab. The only way you would have told him that is purely to hurt him. And it was unnecessary to get the point across that they, in the space that they are now in, can no longer move forward. It was unnecessary.
2: So is she ever going to tell him?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eventually, I feel like she yeah, has to. Yeah, well, as we are on <laughs> the Yeah,
4: and You want to know why. Cause Shonda on some real BS <laughs> is the puppet master. She yeah. really no, is. on some real BS, she pulls our strings she got like we been joking. No, real like really. What and was I the last have time like we a, cried in the after and, show.
2: Really, and can I say something? This like, one scandal. That's
1: true. With
2: the lawn chair.
4: No, and can I say something? And I and oh, I you know yeah. what? and this, and I effed up right because the beginning of the show I was like I'm going to take an L. What happened the last time I said the same thing at the beginning of that one?
2: You sure did. You wanna
4: know why? Because and this is the funny thing is though, I really truly believe that entertainment, especially for Americans, it's our number one export. It is how we introduce ourselves to the world and to each other. And through entertainment, you really can change lives. And I know that sounds corny, but you really can. You don't sound corny, Sophie. I'm and that's mind. why this show is the show that it is. No matter whether the ratings go up or down or whatever, like once a gladiator,
1: always, always a, gladiator. a gladiator. Always in my feelings with this show. Can- <laughs> so
4: it's real. Like, yo, I feel like Sean, I'm just like. <laughs> <"Fuck."> <laughs> I'm like, this, I'm like ah.
1: If y'all want to hear from, um, something from the book of Cornelia, make sure you listen to Happy Hour. Oh, the my last God. Call. If Chapter you don't know what Last Call is and you're not a Happy Hour fan. Um, all right, guys. You still, need to be. There, yeah, right? There's still so much that I said this episode, but we are going to have to let you go. Mm-hmm. But before we let you go, we're going to go into Cornelia's Cold piece of the Week. <laughs>
2: piece of the week for Scandal Season 5's winter finale goes to Huck. I gotta give it to my boy Huck. He's kind of been missing in action monologue wise for the entire <laughs> first half of the season but he's back and he read Papa Pope from the book of Shut Your Ass Up chapter 6 verse 23,
1: Not
2: 23. where he said get ye away from me with your vicious slander and lashing ton, you devil you, get ye off of my backeth, crutches.
0: <laughs> so for that reason,
2: I give Huck cold piece of the week. I give everyone on this panel. <laughs> Cold piece end of the Week for being turned for three <laughs> weeks in a row. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let us know who you think Cold Peace and Cold Peace Et should go to using hashtag Cold peace and Cold
1: Alright guys. Do we I have any we should, news, and gossip? We some news we and gossip? Have yeah, news yeah, and yes, yes, gossip. Yes. We haven't had that for a minute. After Bus
0: TV News.
3: Okay, so um I was at another party last weekend and I ran into Carrie Washington. <gasps> and so I would like to tell you what happened. Ooh, please tell. So Jessica Alba was having a uh, an event for her, her um her baby charity and I see Carrie Washington and I say, Carrie and she turns around and I just said, Hi Carrie, I just you know, I don't want to bother you. I just want to say um, I host a scandal after the show, and I just want to say hi. That's it. And so she gave me the kind of like, oh, hi, you know, nice to meet you. Just like, like yeah, whatever, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when she came out, then I think it reali- she realized or remembered who I was because I, I in the conversation I told her. I was like, oh, you know, we met before, but just I'm just saying hi. That's it. Just let her go about her business. And so when she came out with her husband, he looks like Derek Luke.
2: Does he? Yes,
4: he does. I saw the pictures. No, I'm sorry. I saw the pictures on Instagram and Twitter. He's totally right. I will post them. I saw the pictures. Babe is 100% right. I was like, yo, damn, Carrie. Okay, let me damn. See the pictures
1: like a light skinned Derek Luke.
3: Uh, taller. Well, he's, he's no, taller. no,
4: no, no. He's like he's brown.
3: Yeah, but he's much taller. Obviously, he's tall. He's like six. When 30. I say
1: light, I mean like caramel. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like caramel yes. Yeah. I forget when I say light. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And he
3: talks and everything, so really nice and guy.
1: Because you know, because you don't, you, you
3: don't see him on the red carpet or anything I when you see him. He's
2: he he Produces a lot of movies. He was actually behind *Beasts of No Nation*. I think he was uh, one of yeah. the producers uh-huh. behind that. So when it. you, I yeah. believe so. so. So when you see I'm him with, so when
3: you with the Kerry, you don't really see him speak, but very nice. So Carrie walked back up to me and said. Um, she was like, Oh my God, th- you know, it was so nice to see you again. And she started talking to me. So she obviously remembered and I said, Hey, do you mind if I share the story about us chatting Aww. and so forth with the, um, with the after buzzers uh, who's listening and, and watching And She said, absolutely. Please tell them. Also, <clears throat> I ran into Shonda Rhimes
0: and so, oh. and so
3: I go, I say to Shonda, I was like, Shonda. Hey, what's up? Um, I said,
1: "Hey, what's
3: up?" Hello. I said, "Hey, Shonda," and she's like, "Hey." Actually, she spoke to me first because she, we were, she saw me in passing, and I was just like, "Hey, you know, um, I'm Bam Merrickson, and you know, I host the Scandal After the Show." So then she stopped what she was doing, and she was like, ah, "You're good," and I was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> um, and then trivia. This is for just Shondaland fans. Period. This has to do with Grey's Anatomy. I want you to guess what A-list Oscar-winning oh, actor... Oh, know already. Oh, you already know this? Who's directing. Who's directing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Camelia knows, but there is a very big, big um, actor um, who's an Oscar winner who's directing an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Oh. Can you guess? Oh. Can you we say it? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay.
4: oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh are you asking are you asking us? <laughs> you asking oh. fans? Just us. Oh, uncle Denzel. Denzel, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Our <laughs> uncle. <laughs>
1: yeah, we know. You remember those pics when they did the memes from a couple of years ago? Oh, my
4: God. So... But I can I say something though? And the reason though and I just have to like support him, I don't know him, literally I do not, but Washington, Kerry Washington Carrie Washington's husband, Namandi, the reason he doesn't speak is because you can tell that he is so secure in his manhood. Absolutely. That he one hundred percent supports, allows, encourages his woman to shine in the way that she should because mm-hmm. she's a star. Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Like Taraji always says, shine,
4: baby, shine. Mm-hmm. All
1: That's right, guys. So let's go into uh, predictions. No, actually, before, oh,
4: before predictions, let's do a little bit more news and gossip. I unfortunately think that the producer and or the engineer does not have music for us, so I'm going to need your help singing with me oh. because we have a very special birthday here at AfterBuzz. Oh. Yay. Oh. Oh. I feel, I
1: feel oh, like standing up. up. I feel oh, like standing yeah.
4: up. Can
1: we do? Oh, they flickering the lights. Okay, turn up. They
4: can't see us when we stand out. Oh.
0: Ah. 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 ah! Happy birthday
4: to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. It is Camelia yeah, Stradwick's birthday on Tuesday, <laughs> November 24th. Our girl Camelia, it is her birthday! And I don't know if you guys know, but if you watched us yeah. season one, it was only me, Bam, and Emil, And it was amazing, but we were like three. So what were we, the terrific three? That doesn't even sound right. Mm-hmm. The thoughtful three? I don't I don't even know. But the minute Cornelia joined us for season two, we officially became the fab four. So, again, we are beyond Ooh. thankful that God and her parents, Kenny and Ophelia, <laughs> brought her into this world. Yes, Because yes. if not for that, we would not be the Fab Four, and we would not be here with you in the way that we are every single week here at After Buzz Scandal After Show. So please make sure that you go on Twitter and Instagram, at Canelia, and Tuesday, November 24th, wish her a happy, happy birthday. Thank hey you, day. guys. Woo! And then, if you're listening, you can send the hoverboard. But yes, the hoverboard directly to After Buzz, care of Camelia Stradwick.
1: And you can send some extras, though.
4: And maybe, and, and this is a little bit of a prediction for episode 28 of Happy Hour. She also wants in 3 Oh, five, girl, the five. Oh, sorry, the A5. I want the A7. I got a little bit confused. And yeah, the BMW a, I8.
1: So, I, but that's another conversation. I'll take an A8 and an I8. Yes. Um, okay, um, really quick before we do predictions, Um. Nia DeHaiyea G said, you guys forgot to speak on the abortion she had tonight. We we did speak on it. We, we did. About it. Yeah, and and can I say
4: something? I think we, we purposely glossed over it because I think it was a little bit too emotional for us to process in this moment. So, I think we'll probably talk about it in Twitter during the winter break because yeah. we do have a very long winter break. What, we're back, what, February 3rd or yeah. something ridiculous like
1: that? And I think also... We spoke enough. We spoke enough yeah, and we just we, need to see the aftermath of that. Right now, it wasn't really a lot to speak on regarding the abortion. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um So let's talk about predictions.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't have any. Yeah. I don't have any predictions. If they didn't leave us with anything where I'm like, I wonder what's happening. Oh, wait, now. I forgot,
1: though. Olivia got a new couch.
4: She did get
2: a
1: she new couch. Get... Thank but,
4: God. And that's very symbolic. It is. Yeah.
1: We're right into a new phase in Olivia's life, because that couch, I mean, she took the cushion out. Like, me...
4: And who was it? I think it was Emil. It was either Emil or Cornelia goes, and it's dark.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, piggybacking
4: Camille. off of last episode, when Cornelia was like, uh, she needs to retire that white hat. <laughs> I think that, and again, similar to the statement that I said, that um, well-behaved women rarely make history. Arguably, specifically as a woman, you have to be an agitator. You have to be a troublemaker in order to set a new course, and I think that's what she has kind of stepped into with getting a new couch, and specifically the fact that it is dark versus light. Yes, she is moving the
1: dark force. Is that a Star Wars reference? bam Yes, uh, that we, is exactly we, what it is. We it's all
4: right. That means you about to watch
2: because no, you understood what we the ain't reference about,
4: no, was. We about to watch. Don't
3: but worry. Yes, no. they are. No, yes, yeah, they exactly right. what was. Get the movie. Right. But um, although we was not going do We do have to wrap up, so let's let everyone know where we can be found <laughs> on social
4: media. <laughs> oh my God. If you guys miss us during the scandal winter break, if you miss us arguing, if you miss us debating, if you miss us dissecting anything and everything, then make sure to follow our podcast at. Happy Hour underscore TV on Twitter and Instagram. And you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Happy Hour, A Shot of Conversation. And you can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. And me, Sophia Stanley, at Sophia Stanley, Twitter and Facebook at the Sophia Stanley on
1: Instagram.
2: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cannelia.
1: You can find me at email in this Jr. Dear God, how do I say goodbye? Who gonna break in the boys' men? Yes. Well, howdy. I'm horse. Ah. I can't. Anyway, guys, yeah. <laughs> we will be back in February. It's gonna seem like a long time, but like we say, we have happy hour to fill in. In the meantime, we still have a uh, two episodes of Empire for you yes. Empire fans. Yes. And yeah, we'll happy be back soon enough. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Oh, yes. uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yes. Whatever you celebrate, if you don't celebrate at all, have a good life. You know, we love yes, you. Yes, we love you. And we'll see you in the future. 2016. Yes. With oh, a hoverboard. Yes, yes, Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year. With a hoverboard. <laughs>